The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Politics, policy and perspective from D.C.'s top names. It has to end and it ends now. And we are sick and tired of reading headlines about crime, whether they're mass shootings, or the loss of a teenage girl, or a 13-year-old. It has to stop. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. Coming to you live from Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York, where we are learning more about today's subway shootings in Brooklyn, a story that's made its way around the world. Since it happened during the morning rush hour, the suspect is still at large. There's a manhunt underway right now. We've heard from President Biden and from the authorities. The headlines from Brooklyn actually hit right around the same time CPI came. It was right after 8.30 in the morning, a la rush hour. So even more incredible that none of the injured were said to have life-threatening injuries. When we first heard from police, and again, we are standing by to hear from them uh, at any moment now, we expect the next briefing. President Biden was briefed on this early on today, and he just delivered his first remarks on the matter, which you heard live on Bloomberg Radio. He was in Iowa to talk about energy prices, and before he got to that, here's President Biden. Jill and I, my wife Jill and I, are praying for those who are injured and uh, all those touched by that trauma. And we're grateful for all the first responders who jumped into action, including civilians, civilians who didn't hesitate to help their fellow passengers and try to shield them. My team has been in touch with Mayor Adams uh, and New York's police commissioner, and the Department of Justice and the FBI are working closely with the NYPD on the ground. We're going to continue to stay in close contact with New York authorities and as we learn more about the situation over the coming hours and days. Brief remarks from President Biden that we wanted to make sure you heard as we now welcome former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Mayor, it's good to have you. If you were still in the office right now, what is it you'd be asking Washington for? Well, Joe, I can tell you, first off, the most important thing right now is to get the people of the city to understand that NYPD is going to find this individual. Uh, the NYPD's ability to find people uh, who have perpetrated this kind of crime has gotten stronger every year. Uh, they have a lot of evidence already. They're going to get this guy. And it looks like a lone actor, thank God. Yeah. And it looks like everyone who was afflicted is going to come through. But in terms of where we go from here, uh, what we need from Washington is help stemming the flow of guns. There's no question it got worse during the pandemic. And we got to be honest about it. Before the pandemic, New York City, thank God, had made a lot of progress getting uh, gun violence down. But the pandemic uh, created a host of problems. And one of them was the free flow of guns that intensified in the last two years. We need stronger federal efforts to cut those off before they ever get into big cities like New York. Hmm. We still have a lot of questions, of course, uh, to answer here. I wonder what questions you're asking. Why was it at this location? And if this was a lone wolf uh, mayor, how that kind of informs this investigation? You know, all of our minds go to the same place when we hear about something like this, but this could be a, someone who had uh, mental instability, who had a personal vendetta. This could be a lot of different things. That's exactly right, Joe. And I'll tell you, 
in 2016, we had the, the horrible bombing in the Chelsea neighborhood, the pressure cooker bombs. In 2017, we had the pipe bomb in the Times Square subway station. We're not strangers to this in New York City. What's amazing is how tough and resilient New Yorkers are when they experience something like this, how they overcome it. But what we learn each time is we've got to first ask, is there something bigger going on? Mm -hmm. Is there a network of people? Is it a lone actor? Was it organized? Was it spontaneous? Uh, we got to get all those answers. Uh, right now, it does look very much like an individual and very much of an amateur. Um, but what we then have to ask is what would motivate someone? And often it is a mental health challenge that got unnoticed, unaddressed. Yeah. And this gets to something which I, I have to say, the pandemic's been awful, but the pandemic has raised awareness of mental health challenges like nothing that I've ever seen before. And I hope we're going to get more serious as a country that if we want to stop violence, one of the most elemental things to do mm -hmm. is to make mental health support available early in people's lives and make it easy to get and destigmatize it because the root of so much violence yeah. is unaddressed mental it's health. It's got to be part of the solution here, obviously. With regard to what we're learning today, uh, Mayor, th this idea that all of the surveillance cameras in that subway station were malfunctioning, uh, does that sound familiar to you? What, what's going on with that? How many stations are in that situation? Well, Joe, I was really worried when I heard that because, you know, years ago, you could say about the MTA here in New York that they really didn't have any money and they were up against the wall and tons of uh, deferred maintenance. But now yeah. with the influx of the stimulus funding and hopefully congestion pricing coming soon behind it, which will provide real stable revenue, uh, we can't let something like that happen in the future. With those security cameras, they help in so many ways. And I got to tell you, part of, what, part of why the NYPD has been more effective than ever in our history at finding suspects within hours in many cases is because of the presence of video. Why the city? Case. And they know how to use it uh, in, in different ways now than they used to. It has become a very powerful tool, Mayor. I just wonder if did anyone ever call you when you were mayor to let you know about this? Oh, we definitely absolutely heard individual instances of video cameras that weren't working and always would try and pursue getting fixed. But I think there's something bigger at play here. It has to be considered an essence of public safety in our subways to have those cameras working consistently. And again, it's not you can't say it's lack of money anymore. Give credit uh, to the stimulus. There's resources now. Yeah. This is one of the things that's going to give people reassurance to get them back to normal life, back well, to that's the issue. They know those videos are working. That's the issue is the, the reluctance that people already had. You know about this. This was this is how you how you ended your term was talking about this in the age of COVID. People wanted to get in the car instead of get on the subway. This is not going to help them come back. What does the current mayor, what do authorities need to do to help reinstill confidence in the system? I think Eric Adams has done a great job already of focusing on public safety and giving people a message of real uh, confidence that this is going to be fixed and putting in place some of the right strategies, including a lot of police presence wherever we see uh, a focal point and a problem. I think the MTA needs to match that by making sure the physical reality is there to support our police. So getting those, you know, I think it should be very, very transparent at this point. Mm -hmm. MTA should say exactly what's going on with those video cameras around the system. They should acknowledge where there's gaps. They should show us the timeline for fixing them. They have the money now, thank God. And I think when people realize 
the video camera is going to be there. 35,000 police officers, finest police force in the country, and more and more good, everyday, hardworking people coming back to the subways. That actually also, NYP will say this, that contributes to safety, yeah. having just everyday people come back. I think that combination moves us forward. So how do you, look, you want to get more police officers on trains and in stations, right, that are walking the beat. Is that a political challenge for a Democratic administration as we come off the season of defund the police? I know President Biden increased police funding in his budget, but he certainly doesn't speak for all Democrats. Joe, the, the thing that has to be remembered about New York City, with 35,000 officers, and they are literally the best trained they've ever been in the history of the NYPD, the, the best technology that's ever been available. Um, you can do a hell of a lot of good, cover a lot of ground with that yeah. kind of force. What we've always seen works, precision policing, focusing where the need is greatest, uh, and neighborhood policing, which means bringing the people into it. You know what, when folks are really engaged and supportive of police and there's a sense of shared mission, the amount of information the police get that way, the amount of support that helps them solve crimes and even prevent crimes, uh, that's the key. We saw that pre-pandemic. Our, our crime levels were down to the levels literally you hadn't seen since the 1950s. We can get back to it, but we gotta be very clear about where the central problem is right now, people are gonna need some reassurance in the subways. That says flood officers into the subways for a period of time. That'll bring more law-abiding people back. Yeah. And then you get that virtuous circle of recovery. Does that inc uh, does that need to include a, a marketing campaign? And I'm, I'm not being cute here uh, as we spend time with former Mayor Bill de Blasio. Once this is solved, does there need to be an ad campaign? Does there need to be something forward-leaning so people know that there are changes being made? I think you're right on point there, Joe. We, you know, when we were coming back from COVID last year, we did a big campaign with the message, there's no stopping New York. And it was all about the energy, uh, everything you could experience here, the reasons to re-engage this city for both residents and visitors. Absolutely, we gotta keep doing that because we gotta turn the corner once and for all. I think we are turning the corner on COVID in the bigger scheme of things, and that's fantastic. This will be the year where we turn that corner, I think for, in terms of everyday life, mm -hmm. But we've got to send people a message. New York City open for business, ready to you know really take off again. You know the the tourists are coming back. We can see that already. You know international travel is going to come back. Let's show people very visibly that we're turning that corner. And I think that little burst of confidence goes a long way because look, New Yorkers love this place, yeah. and and people from all over the world want to re-engage it again. We got to give them every reason to. Former New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, appreciate the time today, Mayor. Thanks for being with us on Bloomberg Sound On. As I turn to the terminal here, subway shooter at large as police shift focus from terror. We're going to bring you to Brooklyn next. My colleague Kriti Gupta has been in the field all day since shortly after this happened and has been bringing us great firsthand reporting ever since this morning. She'll be with us next to walk through what's going on there. We are standing by for a police briefing. It has been indefinitely delayed, so I can't tell you when that's going to happen. But when it starts, we'll have it for you right here on Bloomberg. Fastest hour in politics. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio.
New York police have delayed the news briefing that was scheduled for right now. It has been delayed indefinitely. We may have just learned why, as you heard from Charlie Pellet just now. The Associated Press is reporting that New York police have located the van, a U-Haul van that they were seeking here in the investigation. A bomb squad is on the way. They're citing a law enforcement source on this. Nothing official right now, but of course, we'll let you know uh, as soon as we learn anything. Uh, we want to go to Brooklyn, though. Let's go to ground and find out what's happening in the neighborhood. There have been a lot of people on TV and radio today talking and talking. Very few of them have been where Kriti Gupta has been, though, right there at the scene and watching Creedy has been an exercise in good journalism today with a lot of great first-hand reporting, and we're delighted to have her with us now. Creedy, uh, thanks for coming back to talk to us. This latest development here uh, may well be the reason why we are not getting this news briefing at the moment. Is anyone talking about it at the scene? Yeah, well, that's the assumption, right, because we were supposed to hear uh, from the police department, from the police commission. Uh, recently, I believe it was scheduled for 5 p.m. It's now delayed about 20 minutes um, and counting. And a lot of that is simply, according to sources, perhaps you are seeing uh, the connection of the U-Haul. It's unclear, though, what the rented van actually has to do with the gunman or, or what connection there is. It was reported that there would be an Arizona license plate on it, and it would, of course, uh, have something to do with gunmen. Remember, there's also other pieces to the story that are still being found. For example, things recovered the crime scene. Uh, for example, high caliber magazines, essentially the rounds that you put into an actual gun, this is, would mean that the gun could actually fire more rounds than a, a traditional gun would. Uh, so that was interesting. Gunpowder, fireworks, as of course, and a jammed gun as well. So these are all pieces of the investigation that are slowly coming together. Of course, the manhunt is still underway. There's no update on actually finding the shooter himself, just these pieces of it. And those are going to be the updates we expect to hear in the press conference when it does happen. Where were those weapons found, Creedy? They were found on the subway platform. So it was right there inside the station in that same area where we're seeing the videos of people streaming out of the car. Uh, it, d do you have a sense of whether they have him on video? Uh, it's unclear that they have him on video. I mean, there are pieces of social media. One of the concerns that uh, Mayor Eric Adams had, had spoken out about was that when they tried to look into surveillance cameras inside the actual subway station, it turns out it's they were malfunctioned. So there's still a preliminary investigation of whether this is this subway station specifically or a, a broader camera-wide outage. That goes into conversations about infrastructure uh, within New York City. Um, but that's really what's being held right now. For now, the only footage really comes from social media videos that are still being verified. We've got a manhunt underway. Uh, you described earlier police knocking on doors. Uh, we understand that they have been trying to gather surveillance video from not only uh, the MTA, and I realize now we've learned that the cameras were not working inside the station, but they're going to local businesses as well. Can you tell us anything else uh, that, that we, we might need to know in terms of, for instance, what areas they're looking in? Yeah, well, they're not just looking at NYPD. For, it was not just NYPD, I, first, I should say, that, that's looking into it. They have also have uh, the manpower of the FBI. They also have uh, the manpower of counterterrorism units as well, even though it was made very clear in the first presser that this is not considered an act of terrorism, uh, just an act of terror, some, some very specific language when it comes to that. Of course, they do believe that the gunman did act alone. Uh, as far as knocking on doors, yes, uh, they did initially start on, on local businesses. Uh, there is an entire row of restaurants right outside the subway 
station, all of which remained open during this entire thing. You could actively see questioning of those restaurant owners, uh, of customers that were inside there. Uh, but for now, it's not 100% clear if they were really able to get anything out of it, just given that the events really took place underneath uh, or underground, I should say, in the actual subway station as opposed to the street that we're, we're lined up on. Creedy, you've been great to illustrate what's actually going on in that neighborhood. It gives people a sense of, of what's really there for folks who might not know New York or, or certainly know Brooklyn specifically. At one point, there was a, a 20 block uh, radius that had been shut down here. Obviously, they're, uh, they were sheltering in place for some time as well. Are, are things getting back to normal at this point? And, and I'll ask you specifically about that high school there. Yeah, they are actually going getting back to normal. Um, to your point, there is a 20-block radius. And when you started to see uh, the doors being knocked, they expanded that to about 17 blocks uh, in a, around the direction. That's really all the residences they were trying to target to get more information. As far as the school, uh, there is for our, our radio and uh, listeners who, who were not tuned in earlier, uh, there is a school that is right next to the Bloomberg subway station for the most of the day. That school and three others in the area were actually excuse me, given a shelter-in-place order, uh, and, and this really just lasted throughout the day until about 3 o'clock when they were all essentially escorted out by police into school buses and safely transported home. Uh, and that was one of the big concerns at the time with an active gunman. How do you actually release uh, children from school? They did cancel after-school activities, and it's unclear if whether school will resume tomorrow. But uh, for now, it seems like those children uh, have been taken care of safely. I, I suspect that's great to hear, Creedy. I suspect that when police do finally brief, this is going to be a a, a rather comprehensive conversation with so little information. I think maybe, what, three, four questions were answered the first time around. So I, I, we're expecting a lot more when they speak today, right? We're expecting a lot more. We're also expecting a count on simply who was injured and, and what the ramifications were. The last number we have was from the fire department, yeah. uh, and that was around at the 12 o'clock presser. And it was about 16 people were injured, 10 of them shot five of them in critical condition. Reports and sources have still said that number has climbed to as much as 29 people, 10 of which yeah. were discharged. Whether those numbers are actually true, uh, we will come to know in this press conference. We have had some noisy numbers around today. Krita, thank you. Krita, thank you so much. Krita Gupta, live from Sunset Park in Brooklyn, has been doing such a great job for us today with on-the-ground, first-hand reporting. Stay with us on Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Thank you for being with us on Bloomberg Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew in New York. We're here at Bloomberg World Headquarters today, and it has been a day to think that everyone woke up thinking they'd be covering an inflation report. It has been far from. And we want to talk to an expert now as we wait to hear from authorities once again. It will not likely be this hour. In fact, they've, they have delayed the briefing scheduled for 5 p.m. Wall Street time indefinitely. Jamil Jaffer is with us, director of the National Security Institute at George Mason University's Antonin Scalia Law School, former senior counsel to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence under Chairman Mike Rogers, where he led the committee's oversight of NSA surveillance, among other issues, also served in the Bush administration, associate counsel to the president handling the defense and state departments and intelligence communities. So this is the person we want to talk to. Jamil, thank you for being here. Can you give us a sense of what's happening Right now, behind the scenes, as a local police department here in New York, of course, not like many local police departments, engages with the federal government, the FBI, Department of Justice, and the counterterrorism uh, experts that work in the intelligence community in Washington, D.C., they need each other to figure this out, don't they? Absolutely. You know, I think one of the key things that I think, particularly early on, and, and maybe less so right at this moment, uh, that they were trying to figure out is, was this a terrorist attack? If so, 
Um, are there other potential attacks underway or, or being prepared? Um, is this a coordinated operation? From what we can tell right now, and it's still there's still a lot to be determined because we don't know uh, who the actual suspect is, but the yeah. fact they found a suspect, they've identified, they believe it's one person. Um, as far as we know, what happened here was a one-off event, a terrible uh, with 16 people injured, including, including 10 shot, five in critical condition. Um, you know, what we're seeing here is likely a criminal act. Uh, it may have some terror motivations, uh, maybe a solo terrorist attack, but doesn't look like it's a larger operation. So I think what they're now trying to do is deconstruct, okay, where is this person? How can we find him? How can we stop him from engaging in any further violence? And then go to motivation. What was mm -hmm. causing this? What is he planning on doing next? So they're in right now communication with, as you say, the FBI, um, other law enforcement agencies and the Department of Justice to figure out, okay, what are the next steps? And how can we leverage federal authority and federal power yeah. uh, in this region, even though the New York PD is a very, very capable, the most capable police department in the country? Were you surprised to hear from the New York police commissioner so early on that this was not considered an act of terrorism, that it wasn't being investigated as such? We've all made a lot out of that because we have so little information right now, but it seemed awfully early to make that declaration. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to know what, what they base that on, other than the fact that it was, at the time, it was a one-off incident from what they could tell. And I, I take that to mean that at least at this time they weren't investigating it. You know, they could have changed that at any point in during the process um, and updated it. But apparently now, given what they now know, we don't know who the suspect is, but given what they know about the suspect and, and the reported van, it sounds like uh, they've determined, at least for now, and again, you never know, there, there are solo lone wolf type terrorists that mm -hmm. might be motivated uh, by something online or, or recruited online and, and the like. Uh, but this, at least as of now, given what, what we're hearing from the commissioner, um, that is not what this appears to be, at least for now. As you, uh, you, you, you talk about the lone wolf uh, here, as long as this person uh, is on the loose, as long as this manhunt is underway, do you consider another attack an important risk that we should be acknowledging? Absolutely. And, and the reason why is, uh, one, he may have a motivation to go do more harm to more people. He already obviously put a significant number of individuals, uh, innocent people at harm for no clear reason. But beyond that, you know, as he's approached by law enforcement, as we saw in the case of the, the Boston bombers, which yeah. was a terrorist incident, right, the, the Boston Marathon mm -hmm. bombers, when they engaged in their getaway from the police, there was a lot of there was a lot of shooting and stuff going on in that environment, too. And people could get shot in, in the takedown as well. And yes. so I do worry that as long as he's on the loose and, and it is sort of troubling, you know, in a city with so many cameras, the camera not functioning, the subway station. What about all the cameras on the streets? Why don't we have good video? Maybe they do. Right. And hopefully they do. Uh, but at this point, you know, now's the time for them to be locking it down. Mayor Eric Adams new to this, responding uh, effectively, but, but you know, in, in, a, in a challenging situation, having coronavirus himself uh, stuck at Gracie Mansion. I did think immediately, uh, having covered uh, the aftermath of the marathon bombings, the investigation and the manhunt, I remember that night when Watertown police uh, came across these guys, they were throwing right. explosives at them. They, yes. you know, we're talking about undetonated uh, explosives in the subway station. Uh, what kind of a force does New York City police put in the field, or is that being handled by federal agents, do you suspect, Jamil? 
Well, they may be doing it in cooperation with the New York PD. I mean, look, in a situation in New York, the NYPD likes to have control. And let's be candid, uh, the FBI understands the capabilities and the training NYPD brings to bear. Right. Um, so NYPD, in a lot of ways, is very similar to a federal agency in the sense, both in terms of their size, but also their training and skill sets and, and the kind of equipment they bring uh, to one of these incidents. So uh, whether it's the FBI or the NYPD or them collaborating, which is the most likely scenario, along with potentially other, other law enforcement agencies, um, I think we're likely to see a fairly strong uh, and large-scale response to wherever they identify that they suspect they expect the suspect to be, and I think they'll be prepared for a Boston Marathon-type situation, particularly given that they know this person planned out this attack. He had a gas mask mm -hmm. on, you know, set this uh, this, this smoke uh, device off. They're going to be prepared for somebody who's who's prepared to respond to them and fight with them uh, before they take him down. I'll ask you lastly, Jamil. I only have a minute. I, I also remember specifically that night they put out the photos of the suspects in Boston. Right. That's what led them to essentially be drawn out. If New York City police, if the FBI identify this individual, should they get his face and name out there? I think so. I mean, I think the, the one of the best things we can leverage is the people of New York uh, and their uh, their unhappiness and their frustration and their legitimate anger with this act mm -hmm. to find this guy and 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 capture him before he does any further harm. Great conversation, Jamil. I appreciate it so much, Jamil Jaffer, with us, director of the National Security Institute at George Mason University. As we try to answer a lot of questions here without very much information, and as we have been reporting, police are slowing their role on the latest briefing as we now have reports that they have located, according to a source, speaking to the Associated Press, a U-Haul van that they are seeking in this investigation. A bomb squad is on the way, but we're not entirely sure of exactly what the connection is. We'll assemble the panel next on Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew, this is Bloomberg. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The fastest hour in politics continues with the panel. I've been looking forward to this, too. We haven't heard from Jeannie all hour. And Chapin is with us as well. Bloomberg Politics contributor Jeannie Shanzano, Chapin Faye, Republican strategist, former press secretary for then-Governor George Pataki. We're bringing in all of the New Yorkers today. Jeannie, we've talked about this a couple of times. We got into this in the early hours of this story unfolding on balance of power. There are political implications here when you start talking about a Democratic president who held an event just yesterday on gun crime and a Republican party that really wants to hang street crime around the necks of Democrats in this midterm election cycle. What does this story do to that narrative? You know, and, and I would just add to that, and a Congress that, not just this Congress, but going back years, that no matter how many mass shootings are experienced in this country, will not act. And that's what we're looking at. And I don't think, unfortunately, anything's going to change. I think Republicans will run on Democrats being weak on crime, mm -hmm. yet they will persist in not supporting legislation for common sense gun control, and Congress will not be able to move forward. But this is not just a Democratic or a Republican story. Story. This has been the story of the U.S. Federal Congress for decades. Actions occurred at the state and local level on this front, not at the federal level where it's desperately needed. Chapin Faye, what is the messaging going to be coming from the Republican Party? This does change the tenor of the conversation here when you add something tragic like this uh, to the story. Obviously, Republicans need to be careful the way they handle this. Yeah, I think the messaging is going to be the same that it has been for two years. Uh, crime, especially in New York and in major cities across the country, is spiraling out of control. Uh, 
Uh, and here in New York, uh, one of the main reasons is one party rule. I mean, you know, Ginny mentioned common sense solutions, but you know, there's no debate, there's no argument, you know, um, there's no Republican seat at the table. Uh, Democrats for the last two years have been talking about defund the police. Uh, you know, AOC, who's, you know, a, a spokesperson for the left uh, and a prominent New York elected official, mm -hmm. said she wants to abolish the police altogether. You've also um, got a Democratic president, though, that increased funding for police. So is, is that an easy argument for Republicans to make? I think so. I mean, you know, Joe Biden, uh, you know, he, he probably should get credit for that, but he's not getting credit for that. You know, crime is not going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, you know, increased funding is a good thing, of course, and he should get credit for that. But, you know, you have, you know, politicians, New York State. I mean, it's not just AOC from the city council got more left. The state legislature is super majority Democrat. It's going more and more left every every day. Um, you know, bail reform, it took years for them to make these minor adjustments to it, and it still isn't even fixed. And they're trying to act like they've, you know, um, save the day here in New York. Um, but these tragedies are occurring over and over and over. I mean, we just got through, um, you know, slain police officers' funerals and having to watch those families, yeah. you know, grieve and New York's New Yorkers grieve. And now we have today's um, events and it's going to keep happening. If so much of this officers... has to do with perception, right, Jeannie? This is, look, if this turns out to be a lone wolf who had uh, a mental deficiency, maybe a personal vendetta, something that doesn't have to, anything to do with democratic policies. But if people don't feel safe and they see headlines like this, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. I mean, this is, you know, there are basic things that a government needs to do, and they need to protect us and our security internally and externally. And so that has got to be the major, uh, you know, focus of the administration. And, you know, give uh, Mayor Adams credit. He came in, and that was his promise. And he has said over and over again, judge me on how safe I keep this city. And so he is trying to move in that direction. We've heard a lot today from Commissioner Sewell. One thing I would just raise, I mean, she, you you know, to her credit, said she was concerned about the policies of people like the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, who was talking about stopping prosecuting low-level offenses. These are the kinds of debates that need to be had, and they need to put in common-sense policies that keep New Yorkers and people across the country safe. And we heard President Biden say in his State of the Union, fund the police. Mm -hmm. And that is what the Democrats are trying to make the case about, and the debate needs to go forward on that front. I want to ask you about Governor Hochul here as well, uh, Jeannie. This isn't just a Joe Biden. My gosh, the White House has actually had very little to say and little to do with this as we discuss the political implications. This is uh, an important day for Kathy Hochul, who was there, was at the scene for that briefing and spoke earlier to reporters. Here she is. The people of the entire state of New York stand with the people of this city, this community, and we say no more. No more mass shootings. No more disrupting lives. Will voters believe her? You know, I, I, I think they will believe her intent, but she is facing what a day Kathy Hochul is facing yeah. with the arrest and then the We're resignation gonna... of her lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. So she has had a really difficult day. I think they believe her heart is in the right place, but she has to keep the city safe. And when you have a lieutenant governor who's resigned because of corruption, that's another example of crime. And she's going to have to show that she's in control of the city and the state. And we'll talk impact. more about that in just a moment. What's your take on that? Chapin, in terms of New York politics, not not so much national, uh, but in Albany, what does this mean for Kathy Hochul? You know, I think it it really shows gross incompetence. However, you slice it, I mean, 
this guy was obviously not vetted. So at a minimum, it shows that, you know, this is a huge uh, unforced error on her part. And Republicans sense uh, their strongest chance ever at victory and taking the governor's You're talking back. about the is... resignation of her lieutenant governor, right? Uh, yes, yes. And, and I, I, we will get into that. In terms of this crime oh, sorry, story, though, sorry, not sorry. at all. How much? Yep. Look, this was this could have been an opportunity for her to show up there and, and, and get her voice on this early. You know, plant the flag on this issue of crime in New York. But are people going to buy it? It's hard to buy it. Uh, when you're seeing what's happening, when the news is the 24-hour news uh, channels now are running, um, you know, just what happened in the city today. And of course, this is, you know, crime is like a lagging uh, indicator here, right? So no matter what the legislature does, it's going to take time. Yeah. You know, Eric Adams did get elected on addressing crime and the, the jury's still out. I mean, he may be very successful. I just don't see that happening over the next uh, couple of months, uh, you know, at a, at a minimum. And, and also to your point about, you know, it doesn't matter. It's it's really the optics. I mean, people, subway ridership is already at its lowest. Mm -hmm. um, they tried to put more police on 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 the tra on the trains uh, to help, and you know, this is certainly not going to help. I mean, even just the I live in Brooklyn. Even just the streets in my neighborhood, which is not really close to where it happened, there are noticeably fewer people on the streets. People aren't even leaving their apartments because of this. So it's you know, it's going to be. You know, it's a real problem that needs to be addressed, but the optics too, right? Even if the city becomes safe, people may not feel safe That's until what it comes months down after to. that happens. How do you feel right. at that moment? And now you add Brian Benjamin to Jeannie's point. Quote, I have accepted Brian Benjamin's resignation effective immediately. This is coming from Kathy Hochul as a bad day gets worse. Well, the legal process plays out, she writes, it is clear to both of us he cannot continue to serve as Lieutenant Governor. Uh, this is all over the terminal, if you want to read about this. Benjamin pleading not guilty to bribery, having been indicted for allegedly funneling illicit donations to one of his past campaigns. My goodness, Jeannie, how did Kathy Hochul not know about all this? That's going to be the question. Uh, you know, however it happened, and you just reported um, good for Kathy Hochul that he has resigned already. That's the first step here. But she's got to get her arms around this. She's got to get rid of him, which she has done. But he may still be on the ballot for the primary, which is a problem for is her going late? forward. It's I am I'm talking to people and, and I would love to hear what Chapin is, is thinking about this. I have talked to many people who have said he will probably likely still be on that ballot. She's then got to think about replacing the lieutenant yes. governor for a short period of time. Who's going to want that job at this point? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, she's got to show take on the legislature, show that she can handle crime, both white collar and violent crime. That is a tall order. Boy, and. Right. You know, and let's just say New York, um, this is, you know, corruption run amok in New York. You look at the numbers for people who don't live here. We have had nine of the last 16 or 16. So it's a majority of our governors, lieutenant governors and the comptroller's attorney generals have had to resign or been indicted for criminal activity. It is a you know, ranked now before Illinois is the most corrupt state in the nation. And wow. that's not, not a good sign. Speaking of perception <laughs> there, Chapin, we have a problem. No question. I mean, uh, you know, I don't even know if it's just perception, right? We have a legit problem <laughs> with corrupt, yes. with corrupt elected officials in New York. Um, and I'd like to say it's, it's, you know, just a Democrat problem, but I think um, it's bipartisan just in New York. There are so many more Democrats and Democrat elected officials. Mm -hmm. It just affects them more. So there's a, you know, just sheer numbers. But, you know, there is a, certainly a perception problem for the governor. 
Um, as you both had mentioned before, you know, she's trying to run on, uh, you know, fixing the crime problem and, you know, her lieutenant governor just got arrested. Yeah, um, so yes. it's going to be it's going to be a major problem. Republicans already sense victory, you know, and are working very hard uh, at it. And this is only going to, you know, embolden them more. And, you know, the voters are going to take a look at what's going on. And I think we're, they're just going to throw their hands up. So which Jeannie, is bad for the party of power. Does Kathy Hochul need to stay out in front of this investigation as long as it is an open one? I think she does. And I would just add to that. She's not only facing, um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, attacks, if you will, from Republicans. She's in a in a pretty tough Democratic primary as well. And we heard today from some of the people running against her, describing her as lacking experience, poor mm -hmm. judgment, not vetting properly. So she is in a primary. She's going to be hit there and then in a general election. And this is somebody who served seven years as lieutenant governor and who took the job very seriously Jeez. and now has this as sort of this, you know, burden on her on her back, if you will, with her own lieutenant governor. An incredible day in the news. This is why we have Jeannie and Chapin to help us understand it and have a sense of what we should be looking for ahead. Our coverage on the situation in Brooklyn will continue. That's why you're here at Bloomberg for the facts and some of the best reporting in the business. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg.